There's that song we all know and love. Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo, meine Lieben, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf English. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, as you guys know, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. We'll also pick out articles on the club and talk a little bit about them. I don't do this alone, folks, and joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing, man? Hey, what's going on, brother? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. It is the holiday season for sure. How's your holidays? We got a little snow just in time for Christmas. Unfortunately, it's like negative three today, so I don't. Like the, <laughs> I was gonna uh, ask how cold it was because it's yeah. cold here for here. I mean, yeah, it was good though. You know, time with the family. Got the brothers in town staying with me. Don't get to get all three of us together every uh, every, every often. So, um, yeah, having a good one. And you ready for the New Year's celebrations? <sighs> I'm thinking I might keep it pretty low key this year, man. It's it's I always <laughs> it's, it's always a nightmare. Uh, get ready for the. Uh, for the DFB Pokal draw, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Unless the week after, but who knows? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, last week uh, we had a matter of the DFB Pokal, as we just mentioned, to settle. Um, that was all the midweek action. It was round of 16, actually, and teams were vying to make the quarterfinals. Um, so today on the Schalke 04 podcast rundown, we're going to recap the DFB Pokal match between Schalke and Köln and talk transfers. So let's take it away. So Schalke rounded up a sensational first half of the 2017-2018 season as they edged out Cologne to reach the DFB Cup quarterfinals and extend their unbeaten run to 13 games in all competitions. Coming into the game, uh, Cologne won five of six matches in the Pokal against Schalke. Schalke's only victory came in June 1972. Hashtag one-sided. Um, <sighs> We've been saying, we said this before a couple weeks ago, uh, Cologne are a bogey team for us, or Cologne, however you want to say it. Um, not only in the league, but also in the DFB Pokal. What is it about this team that keeps giving Schalke fits, Jack? Well, it's not exactly a, uh, a derby in the sense that the Riviera derby is, but it's a local club and one that I think yeah, we've close. probably um, been better than in recent years. So uh, it, could be, it could be a target fixture for them potentially. Um, when you know, whenever a team plays one of the bigger ones, they want to bring their A game, and yeah, they've just kind of had our number recently. Yeah, no, and that's uh, something. I mean, that's how it is sometimes. I mean, like look at Gladbach for Bayern Munich; they're, they're, they're yeah. a bogey team for them. And sometimes you just can't explain it. It's just a team has your number, and you for there's no odd, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just they're playing, but they 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 play up against you, and you you know. Maybe you just don't play. You're not as ready as they are, and, and that's how that's how the chips fall, I guess. Yeah, and sometimes it might even just become mental after a certain period of time, almost like uh, yeah, you know the, the uh, World Cup qualifying versus U.S. Mexico, the Dosisero, you know, for a yeah. while like that. I mean, they finally broke that, but you know, just one of those things that happens enough times, and suddenly, like you know, that's on your head when you're going into the game. You're kind of carrying that extra baggage before you even start. No, absolutely. Um, so heading to this game, Schalke coach Domenico Tedesco named a strong side for their final match of 2017 with just two changes from the weekend's draw at Eintracht Frankfurt. So look at the lineups today or from, from the, for the last week, uh, in goal, obviously Ralph Fahrman, uh, in the back you had, uh, Tilo Kerrer, Naldo and Matija Nasasic. Uh, in the midfield you had Meyer, Kalajiri, Schof, Harit, and Ochipka. And up top, you had Bergstaller and your boy DeSanto. Yep. Um, Weston McKinney, Brio Lambolo, and uh, Benjamin Stambouli would all come off the bench in this game. Well, let's start off there. Uh, what would you think about the lineup? Pretty standard lineup there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Good to see Alessandro Shupp getting a start, and I think he actually played very well. I was impressed with him. Yeah, um, yeah. Good to see him kind of getting back into the mix after you know extended absence and uh, and Bolo, another cameo from him, and another good cameo as well. He said uh, Weston McKenney coming on. Um, so a lot of the familiar faces that we've been seeing all season, but uh, definitely didn't take a take a break for this one. He named a pretty strong side. 
Yeah, and uh, for good reason. It it shows that they have their, their intent is to progress in the in the Pokal. They don't take this tournament lightly. Is not all German teams. They take this Pokal very seriously. It's a prestigious trophy for them. So you know, we knew this was going to be a tough battle. Not only is Cologne our bogey team, but it's a cup game. So you know it's going to be tight. The first half was certainly that. It seemed like Schalke just could not break down Cologne. They had their opportunities, but it was pretty much, uh, uh, pretty much, um, not many opportunities were were there. Basically, so I mean, what did you see in that first half? Yeah, Cologne got off to a, a decent start um, in the first few minutes, but it pretty quickly settled down into Schalke dominating possession. But um, as has been the case a couple times in recent games, not doing a whole lot with it. Not a lot of great opportunities or, or opportunities that you would look back on and say like, "Wow, you know, we really should have scored that one. That was a great chance." Um, so, you know, just to kind of a lot of left and right, I think they really sort of forced us into the corners a lot. Um, we weren't yep. getting a lot of penetration down the middle. And so I think, you know, we'd kind of advance up the field, get funneled out wide and then, you know, get double teamed or just kind of playing a weak cross. And uh, yeah, kind of a tight cagey first half. No, what do you think that is? You think it's just because they were just double teaming on like Amin Harid or was it just um, Berg Staller and DeSanto just weren't doing enough? What do you think? That ball kept going out wide. I mean, that is only uh, maybe only available option, I guess. But you're, you're uh, teaming me up with that. Do you think DeSanto wasn't doing enough? <laughs> um, he, what? He, I wouldn't do that. He, he rarely is, is he? But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Cologne is not a bad defensive team. Um, you know, they, they for as bad as their record has been in the Bundesliga this season, um, they've played some competitive matches. They haven't been. They haven't always been getting blown out or anything. So it didn't. Didn't shock me, and we've talked about this before. Schalke is struggling to sometimes break them down from open play as well, and you know relying on corners or set pieces or you know dead ball situations to yeah, pop exactly. in a large percentage of their goals. So I wasn't I wasn't shocked by it. Um, I think it's pretty par for the course. You know, it just we needed to get some some more incisive and, and better opportunities in the second half. Clearly, at halftime, Tedesco knew something had to be done, so he decided to go with an up tempo type game and and. That's when the well, that's when the flurries and chances started coming. So many chances. In fact, you you, you knew a goal was coming, and then of all places, of uh, well, of course, a, a set piece we're going to get a goal. Yeah. Um, but it was Max Meyer who, with a little flick off the head, and it caught Timo Timo Horn, you know, flat footed, and I mean, that's a beautiful goal. Shortest player on the pitch coming up with the head yeah. goal. Who would have thought that? But um. Yeah, good to see Max Meyer on the score sheet. Uh, not somebody who's on the score sheet all that often. And really, a, a great whether or not he meant to have that go in or was just trying to play it back post, it was a great flicked on header. You know, he makes that near post run, um, you know, and completely catches Timo Horn off guard. And really, I mean, he put, I think it went off the post even. And then it was yeah, the bottom perfectly post, yeah. placed. It was, uh, it was a great goal. Oh, absolutely. Um, that goal actually was Meyer's first goal in any competition since February 16th of 2017. Uh, that's when he was on target in a 3-0 win at PAOK in the last 32 of the Europa League last season. Yeah, no, I mean, goals are hard to come by with Shaka, it seems like, um, and they tend to score on set pieces, and that's what we had both here. Uh, luckily, um, the goal, the game needed a goal. A goal was coming because they were dominated possession. Uh, they had they outshot them something like sixteen to five in this game. They had so many crosses. Uh, they were just completely dominated, and a goal was needed. I mean, it was deserved goal for sure. I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, based on the possession, and like like I said, we didn't create that many great chances, but the second half definitely opened up, especially after the Max Meyer goal. Um, we probably should have had a couple by the end of things and uh we had that one called back um uh harit uh yeah. made a move and played a ball through to berg Stoller, who really nice finish outside of the foot and to kind of like you know the left left side of the net and that was called back for off sides which was the correct call but um yeah a lot more chances in the second half and uh luckily we were able to hold on with the uh the one nil i don't think cologne created anything that made me particularly worried in that second half, but uh, yeah, no. yeah, it would have been nice to get a little bit more of a cushion to ease my nerves. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we could have had more like the opportunity with Bergstaller there on that offsides call, which was correct. Uh, Wes McKinney also had a chance. You see that um, Mbolo tried that overhead kick and completely <laughs> missed it. And then it, it kind of like shocked McKinney, and he's like, oh, what just yeah, happened here? Hit him in the yeah, face. He almost took McKinney's head off with it. Um, I appreciate the zeal from... From Bolo, uh, yeah, and then like you said, McKenney came on, and I thought both McKenney and, and Bolo were very bright 
um, bright subs, uh, you know, and Bolo once again showing you his pace and his dribbling ability. He had, I know he had at least one run down the middle where he, you know, seemed like he deked three players before drawing a foul. McKenney had uh, a couple opportunities. He keeps keeps skying the ball. He really needs to work on getting his shot down. He, he's going to score yeah, eventually. It's down. coming. It's down. coming. It's going to happen. Uh, but at least at least he's uh, he's involved in the in the attack, and it's good to see him at a minimum popping up in dangerous areas and, and putting himself in position to score a goal, even if he hasn't quite finished one yet. Yeah, I mean the the thing too uh, that he needs to take you know the saving grace here is that he's getting these opportunities. It's not like he's not having any chances like a certain number nine. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but he's getting his chances, and, I, and like like you said, if he if he keeps his head down on these shots, um, if he aims a little better on his headers, he's going to get one in. They're going to start coming in bunches, I think, because um, he's there all the time. He's got that instinct. And he just needs the, the first net, first ball to go on the net, and I think things are just domino from there. Like you said, Shaka would go on to win the game. So Shaka is now unbeaten in 13 consecutive games, all competitions. Uh, that's the longest unbeaten run for Schalke since November 2006 through February 2007. Hashtag invincible. But on the flip side, Cologne have now lost 25 games in all competitions this calendar year. Since the Bundesliga Foundation in 1963, uh, Cologne has never lost that many games in one year. So their struggles continue. Hopefully for them, they're going to turn around in 2018, but... They're at the bottom of the table, and it doesn't look like there's any chance of them to uh, survive this season. I would hate to see them go down. I really hope they somehow, you know, save themselves and pull off and you know, miraculous rook renda. Um, obviously, like you said, doesn't look like it's going to happen. But uh, I mean, they're in, they're in pretty rough shape as it is. But uh, you know, we'll see. I'm pulling for them. I, th- I think they're a good club to have in the Bundesliga for kind of the Bundesliga brand. And their fans are so exactly, passionate. Yeah. Uh, the city is such a great city too. I love Cologne's one of my favorite German cities. Um, so you know you need you need them you need them to be there. They're they're always in fun. And they, you know everyone knows the history of Podolski and the team's actually been was pretty good last yeah. season. It just this season I don't know what the heck all injuries you know so many injuries surmount, um, surmounted and they just took over. And you, once you hit a downward slope, yeah, I, I mean, guess that was it a big just, part. I mean, Peter Stroger did a great job with them. You know, getting him promoted, getting him into Europe, yeah. and it just it's weird that it, it went this way. Um, even you can tell that Stoger's held in high regard. He got the Dortmund job after he left. Yeah, so I mean, it's well not there. that like, you know, he's, he's considered some sort of, you know, abysmal failure or anything, but, um, yeah, just, it's, it's really crazy the way it's worked out for them. And I, I hope they just, you know, pull up, pull off some sort of miracle and, and, and find a way. Well, they did get a win, uh, their first game with a new manager. So maybe, maybe that's a sign of things that come for them in 2018, uh, but I guess time will tell. But we're not a Cologne podcast. We're not the FC podcast, so we'll leave it to them. Um, so the Royal Blues um, are now in the quarterfinals on the way. They've beaten uh, Berliner Dynamo. They won 2 nothing in that game. They won against uh, VN Wiesbaden 3-1, and then I guess now against Cologne one nothing. So now they're on to the quarterfinals, as we said. Let's look at some of the teams that they could that they'd be facing in this uh, next round when the draw comes. Uh, what is it, January seventh, I yeah. believe? It's a what did you say? It was a Sunday. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so uh, when the draw happens, um, the four matches will be taking place between uh, February sixth and February seventh. Uh, so these are the eight teams or the seven other teams, I should say, that are going to be in the quarterfinals, and then Schalke could face any one of these. Um, you have Mainz, who beat Stuttgart. Uh, Hostil Kiel and uh, LSK Hansa. You have Paderborn, uh, second division team, or actually the third division, I think, aren't they? Anyway, uh, they beat Ingolstadt, Bochum, and St. Pauli. Uh, Wolfsburg, who beat Nuremberg, Hanover, and Eintracht uh, Nord- Norderstedt. Werder Bremen, they beat Freiburg, Hoffenheim, and Würzburger Kickers. Bayer Leverkusen, they beat Gladbach, Union Berlin, and Karlsruhe. Uh, Bayern Munich, who beat Dortmund, RB Leipzig, and Chemnitzer FC. And then, of course, Eintracht Frankfurt, who beat Heidenheim, Schweinfurt, and uh, Erntedbrook. Say that three times fast. Of those teams mentioned, which teams would you not want to face? Uh, I think the obvious one is is Bayern Munich, but um, I'd be worried about... Yeah, side Bayern. um, I'd be worried about Frankfurt or Leverkusen, honestly. Frankfurt's a sneaky team. I, I, I would... I mean, they certainly don't scare me as much as Leverkusen does, but you know they're having a good season. Um, you know, we're down 
out of the European places, but we've talked about tight that top of the table is before. Um, you know, they're really only a matter of points behind Schalke at this point. They're a very strong side. Uh, Leverkusen is, uh, yeah, outside of Bayern, probably the team I'd most like to avoid. Um, they scare the hell out of me, to be frank, from an offensive standpoint, especially. Um, I mean, every time. Yeah, Leon yeah. Bailey and got Leon exactly. Bailey. Company. Every time Bailey touches the ball, it looks like he's going to score or, or, or do something. Um, and as good as a defensive team as Schalke has been, Overall, I think in the first half of the season, uh, they have shown some some chinks in the armor recently, and yeah, I don't know. I would I would hate to go up against Leverkusen. I hope we can draw somebody else. I wouldn't mind playing, you know, a Paderborn or something like that. Yeah, it seems like Leverkusen. They're a, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team, but like uh, when they're on, they are on. They score f- three, yeah. four, or five goals in a game when they're on. Uh, they're very dangerous offensively. Um, but then when they're off, I mean, anybody can beat them. But it seems lately they've been more – they're just behind us in the table. So they've been more on than not this season. Um, and I agree with you, Eintracht Frankfurt is a – while they're not something we're going to be scared of, they play us very well. We saw what happened in the last matchup against them. Um, it was a tightly t- tight affair. Um, I mean, it was 2-2, but I mean – there weren't a tremendous amount of opportunities in that game. Uh, I think the teams just took their opportunities well. Yeah, we left it about um, as late as you can team, possibly leave it, right? With the with the Naldo winner. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right at the buzzer, yeah. really. Um, I agree with you. Paderborn's a team I'd want to face, and maybe if I couldn't get Paderborn, maybe Mainz. Um, they've been a little tough against us too, but uh, at least they're not in the first division anymore. I don't believe are they? They're in second division. No, no, right? they're they're in, they're in fifteenth right now in the, in the Bundesliga. Oh, yeah. They're well, they're down there, but uh, yeah, they're not having a particularly great season. I, I'm not terrified yeah. of them. Um, watch us draw them and then lose or something. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I think there's enough opponents remaining um, that don't terrify me. Where maybe we'll get lucky and you know be able to advance a little bit further. I just yeah, we really want to avoid some of those, you know, top ten, top four teams. Yeah, well, we got to thank uh, Bayern Munich for taking care of a couple of them for us. They beat Dortmund and RP Absolutely. Leipzig. So that's a that's some that's two teams we don't have to worry about there. <laughs> but though I'm interested to see, I don't want to see them in the Pokal, obviously. But you know, next when we play them in the first few weeks of uh, 2018, um, I'm curious to see how Tedesco approaches Munich this time after the first time they they kind of got their their butts handed to them. Um, I want to see how Tedesco handle it. I mean, that's a new manager this time with uh, yeah. Upankis, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll see if uh, what his. Uh, how he approaches, I mean, does he change his tactics completely? I mean, he has to almost because it's, it's a different animal, this Bayern team. Yeah, is. you know, and, and Bayern's um, looking like they've probably already locked up another Bundesliga title already. They're sitting 11 points clear. But if we were yeah. to find a way to get three points off of them, that would certainly make it interesting. Yeah, yeah. It would just be eight points and then anything can happen really. But uh, time will tell when that when that game comes and uh, we'll see what happens there. Um Schalke fans, what did you make against the match against Cologne? Tell us about it at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. All right. Let's transfer over. Transfer over. <laughs> let's, let's transition over to the transfers. Um, before we get into uh, the rumors of departures and uh, arrivals, um, there was some news about the Leroy, Leroy Sané sale, which happened, you know, several years ago. Um, apparently, this season, Chaka will be paid 1 million euros due to incentives achieved by Sané. Um, and to further that, so we get some little bit of spending money there, a little bit. Um, if Manchester City qualify for the semifinals of the Champions League, Chaka will receive an extra 500,000 euros. Should City win the Champions League title overall, Chaka will receive another million, do- million euros. Um, so it's possible they could have two million euros at, at, when all said and done. Um, that's not a bad bad way to have uh, to lose one of your best players. You know, I mean, few I think years I'd ago. much rather have Leroy Zane than two million euros. But yeah, oh, yeah we'll take what we can get at this point. And hey, if we can just keep the players, honestly, we have that's now, kind of I'm looking like a that. lock at the moment for that to happen. Anyway, for Man City to advance that far, they, they, they've, they've struggled in the Champions League the last couple of years, despite having you know really strong teams, but. Uh, this city team right now is just playing out of its skin. You talk about Bayern locking up the, yeah. the Bundesliga. I mean, this is already over in the Premier League, done and done and dusted for sure. Oh, definitely. That's probably more of a lock than yeah. it is in the Bundesliga. 
Um, no, City is almost guaranteed to get Champions League uh, semifinals. Uh, it will, depends on who they face. There are some good teams this season with you know PSG, Barca, Real Madrid. If, you know, they're still even though they've been their form and uh, domestically has not been that great. Um, on, in Champions League, there's still a team to be reckoned with for sure. And there's, there's a couple other ones there that could be dark horses. Um, anyway, uh, so let's look at the, the players that are rumored to be leaving. Um, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with the first four. Uh, Max Meyer, Leon Goretzka, Briel Mbolo, and Amin Harit. I'm going to say this right now. I don't think any of, this is, any of these four are going to be leaving, um, at least not in the January window. The team is in second place right now. There's no way that Christian Heidel is going to let these guys go when they're in the race to you know get a Champions League spot. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, is Harit even allowed to leave after being at the club for you know what three four months at this point? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't see Mbolo leaving either. Uh, obviously, we know the talent that this guy has, but he's still recovering from that just terrible um, injury that he suffered last year. Um, you know, getting back into form a little bit still hasn't really played a full ninety. Um, so I, I, I find it hard to believe that a club would go out and purchase him at this point for a January window. Um, I think he'd probably need to show, um, a little bit more consistent play and, and get on the a little bit more, but uh, I, I mean, who knows down the road for sure. He, he's, he's a very bright talent and somebody I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of Yeah. And then as far as, you know, Goretzka and Meyer, um, it certainly does look like the Goretzka is going to leave at some point. And so I'd rather sell him now and get some money for him rather than have him, you know, walk for free. But I mean, if you look at it like that, um, and we yeah. do have, you know, McKenney and, and, and Ben Tleven players like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't imagine that Heidel or Chadesco would want to let him go or any of these guys go uh, right now when we're in kind of the heat of this this fight for Europe. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I mean, I, th- I think if the, I don't know, I mean, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know. Does he? I know he he's a local boy, but. I mean, maybe he has his heart set out to go somewhere abroad or, I mean, because the team is doing very well right now. So you would think maybe if he's a, a true local boy, he, he, you know, seeing the team doing so well right now, he's like, you know what, I'm going to stick it through and see what this team can do. Uh, much in the way that Neuer did with uh, with uh, Schalke before he left when he won the uh, DFB Pokal. Um, but, again, you don't want to lose him for free, like you said. I mean, ho- I mean, hopefully they uh, he accepts this, o- this huge offer that uh, Schalke made for him. I think it was like... 10 million yeah. a year, 10 million euros a year, or 12 million or something like that. Um, but if he does, I mean, that that you would want to sell him in January because at least he gets some money then. If you let him go in the summer, it's another guy you lose for free and, and another good player, really yeah, good player. I, th- that I think lose the for fact free. this is Ad- a World Cup year also adds another wrinkle to it. You know, a player like Goretzka who's young. Yeah. Um, if, he, if he does have designs on leaving, he's probably going to do that in the summer rather than in the winter because at a club like Schalke, he's going to basically guarantee that he's going to be on the pitch whenever he's healthy. Um, and, and as talented exactly. as he is, if, if he makes a move to, you know, an Arsenal, Barcelona, um, some other big club, he's going to have more competition. And there's the chance that, you know, right when he needs to be in, you know, peak form, peak conditioning, he might not be getting uh, quite the number of matches he wants to, to kind of cement a, a spot in uh, Jurgen Love's team for Russia. Yeah, I mean, it's almost guaranteed that if he goes to Barcelona, he's not going to be seeing pitch time, right? at least not right away. Uh, with the way that team is flowing right now, they're firing all cylinders. It'll be hard-pressed for him to get, a, yeah. get in that starting lineup. Um, so his best bet for as far as Germany's sake is to stay with Schalke through the summer, like you said. Uh, but I guess we'll see with that. Uh, two other names that are rumored to be leaving. Well, one is actually confirmed already, and we already know about this, is Koke. He's leaving to Levante. I think it's an initial loan deal with an option to buy or something like that. Yeah, and You know what that is? Yeah, I'm happy for Koke. Um, that's not really one that worked out. He got injured kind of, I think, right when he came to Schalke. Yeah, first game. Been, I think yeah. it was first game. Or so first, I don't feel like he really ever like got going here and didn't really get much of an opportunity. So, um, you know, he, he's getting up there in years, and it's good to see him go somewhere where he can get some minutes and – kind of continue because it just hasn't worked out for him here so far. And another person uh, who's rumored to be on the way out, and if he's not, he may be already on the way out. He already might be loaned out somewhere, and it's uh, Donis Avdiyai. Um, we know that uh, Tedesco pretty much took him out of the lineup, said you're not playing, uh, didn't trust him enough. Um, you said that he may be out on loan yeah, I possibly? I could be. I could be wrong about that, but, you know. We're... Yeah. If he's not, he will be at least. <laughs> he's a guy that's been kind of – on the radar for a while and i feel like every year we're kind of waiting for him to gout and start making you know an impact and he just hasn't had the performances 
when he's come onto the pitch. Um, and, and clearly he's not really doing it in training either. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up leaving the club more permanently um, at some point because he, he's definitely a player that looks like he has designs on, um, you know, being being the man somewhere. Um, and it, it doesn't look like that's going to happen for him in Schalke. Yeah, no, no. It, uh, he actually this summer when when Tedesco first joined the team, he did look pretty good in preseason. But I mean, obviously, he didn't do enough to um, to make what's his name uh, Tedesco choose him in, in 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 a team overall. He just obviously he's had him down. Didn't see enough of him. I guess his work rate wasn't uh, wasn't to the standard of what Tedesco expects out of his players. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, it doesn't say anything in the transfer market about Abdiyai, so maybe he's still in our books and he's just going to be going with a sale or something like that. Um, I guess we'll see come January window. I actually hate the January window. It's, it's not many deals really happen in January. Um, there'll probably be a big one in the Premier League with uh, uh, Virgil Van Dyke, but other than that, it, it's usually a time of this like small moves and just rumors go. Hey, I'll tell you what, though, of, you we, know, we picked up Bergstaller in the January window last we year. Did. And we did. Yeah, he was a great pickup. Um, that was a weird one too. Cause he got, got a lot of negative press from, from a lot of soccer pundits that I saw basically saying like, you know, if Schalke has designs on, on being a champions league club, this is not the kind of signing that they need to be making. Um, this is beneath them kind of thing. You know, they need to be aiming higher, but Bergstaller's proved the haters wrong so far. He's, he's been great. And I think yeah. he's kind of earned his, his starting spot. Yeah, and him, uh, him, and Embolo, uh, that Austrian uh, connection there. Actually, Embolo is Swiss. Yeah, but they both so played in Austria. Maybe we'll find another diamond uh, um, in January. Uh, fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe. Well, speaking of diamond, the roughs. Let's look at the t- the players that possibly could be coming in, uh, in the rivals in January. Now, a name that uh, a big name that's been mentioned a lot for the last few months, really, about coming back, returning to Schalke, is Medzut Ozil. Um, not many people realize that he did start at Schalke. He's a Schalke boy. Uh, he went to, where did he go? He went to Werder Bremen and before he went to Bayern Munich and then Real Madrid and uh, then Arsenal. Uh, but yeah, they're saying Metzl Ozil could be coming to Schalke. Um, you don't, do you think it's more of a January type move for him if he ever does come or is it something yeah, that happens Ozil, in the Yeah, diamond in the rough. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing that a lot too. I, I don't know if there's any actual substance to that uh maybe just because it's a cool storyline because you know of his of his Schalke origins um I find it hard to believe that he would come back to Schalke I mean I don't know maybe if we make the Champions League um and then you know he he makes a move in the summer um you know when he's going to be guaranteed European football um particularly if Goretzka's out and you know the midfield space opens up but um you know he's not on the back legs of his career yet, I think he's still got a lot of time. I'd be surprised if he if he went to a club of, of Schalke's size at this point. I, I mean, I could see him kind of doing that as sort of like maybe like a retirement move in the way that, you know, Huntelar went back to Ajax, um, you know, something along those lines. I think right, you know, it was right. maybe a few years out from that kind of thing. I know Barcelona's looking at him, um, so we'll see. But I, I certainly would be against it. <laughs> he's uh, he, he'd, be, he'd be a good player to Neither have. Neither would I. Neither would I. <laughs> yeah. He's just a little bit better oh, now yeah. than he was back when he was at Schalke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, this is also with the World Cup thing going here. I think uh, with with that on the line, playing time, I think staying at, staying at Arsenal is probably the best thing for him. Playing good, you know, top end football um, will probably definitely get uh, Yogi Love's uh, interest in making sure that you know if he plays well there, he's definitely that would be a, in, uh, be a wild 11. January uh, transfer to have a, a name like that go somewhere. You know whether whether Schalke or otherwise that'd be yeah that would be crazy. You know it definitely would, but I would not uh, I would not be against it for sure. <laughs> Speaking of uh, players returning back to Schalke, um, another name uh, is Baba Raman. Uh, we all know him as a left back who uh, he did well when he was with us, and then he got injured um, when he was in the, his Africa Cup of Nations duty. Um, so the report from Der Westen, uh, also claims that Baba kept his apartment or was kept for him in Gelsenkirchen uh, in, in, testip- in anticipation of his eventual move back. Um, so there's always a, oh, I don't know how true that is, but um, how would you feel? You know, that, this, is all, this is all on the fact that if he's healthy, he's, he's still yeah. recovering from his torn ACL or whatever injury he, he had. Um, so 
I mean, if he's healthy, would you would you Definitely. welcome this um, move? It, it does sound like he's had a series of complications uh, on his way, you know, to to fitness from from that rehabbing that horrible injury. But um, I thought he played pretty well in sort of the you know the few appearances he, he had for Schalke, and it's certainly a position that I think we are um, thin at, given the par- uh, the departure of you know class um, to Arsenal. Uh, Bastian Chipka has been an absolute workhorse out there, you know, game in, game out, but yes, he has injury comes for everybody at some point. Um, I'm not trying to jinx him, but I'm just saying, uh, if he were to go down with injury, I think that would be worrying. And I don't know who exactly we'd put in there. Um, so if Bobby Ramon is healthy and is, uh, is keen to make a return, um, to kind of get back to fitness and get some matches on him before maybe he heads back to, sh- to, to Chelsea permanently. I would love to have him. And I think that would be, um, that'd be an important move for us in the, in the winter if we could make it happen. Yeah. And like you said, I think that we need a uh, depth at this point. Um, Cause like if we do get one or two injuries, we don't have terrible, you know, we don't have that great of depth uh, to get to the spot, especially like I mentioned Bergsell went down with injury. I mean, who do you replace him with? There's not really not much to, to, to to uh fabian Reza. yeah but i don't know if he's quite there yet i don't know if he's quite there yet i mean he's, he's better than the alternative what's haji Wright doing let's call him up yeah uh, i don't know Sandhausen. i don't know if he's getting much game time there um yeah. last i heard he was on the bench you know coming off of them for as a substitute that's just um, the wishful thinking for as an american yeah you know i know and then getting nick tatiogi whatever his name is yeah uh, the other american uh but yeah no um yeah, so having Raman back would be a good uh, depth player, you know, in case a Chipka gets injured. It gives him some rest, too, with, you know, we still got the yeah, full count now. squad rotation. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing's wrong with the squad rotation. Um, let's see what else. Who else have we got on the list? So We've been lucky so far, in my opinion, that the injuries that we've had, for the most part, this season at least, have come in maybe our deepest position, which is in the midfield. Yeah, um, yeah, you know we have guys like you know Max Myers obviously moved back into that position from from the more attacking position he's had. Weston McKinney's come through, so when guys like Lebergretzka haven't been able to go, we replace him and not have an issue. But um, that's certainly not necessarily the case for you know that left back, that wing back position. No, I, I couldn't agree more there. Um, so as, if the situation comes where Raman is still injured and not ready, Shaka would probably look at uh, replace looking for another striker, just you know for more depth, as we were saying. And and a fit that could work is from um, a player from Nuremberg, 20-year-old Cedric Tukert. Uh, he's played 15 games thus far for uh, for Nuremberg, uh, six goals and two assists. Um, he would be an interesting signing. I would not uh, be against it. Yeah, um, it looks like Nuremberg is turning into our feeder club, right, for the striker position. We got Burstar <laughs> last year. Seems like it worked um, last year, so go back. If that were, if that were to happen, I'd feel awful for them. Every time they get a promising striker, who's doing some damage for them. Schalke just poaches them up. It's you know certainly we know how that feels, right? When when exactly. somebody takes a good player. So, but uh, hey, you know, based on the success of Burstar, I'd be willing to give that another shot. We certainly need some depth up there. Um, yeah, I mean, Desanto isn't cutting it so far as we've discussed at length on this pod and um if, if Bergstaller <laughs> goes down to injury there's not a whole lot going on up there so no. it'd be nice to definitely add add somebody to the attack and yeah like once again even just for the purposes of squad rotation um and not have the exact same guys going out weekend and we now you know give somebody some rush get some fresher legs we make this kind of this final push in the second half of the season for uh for champions league spot um if a uh, the only option you'd really have, I mean, other than the one that's there currently, is probably go to something like a false nine system, um, have no big men, kind of like Barcelona and Napoli have done in the past, and, and just try to pass your way into the box. Uh, the fact that they're not ha- they're having a hard time now getting into the box passing-wise, I don't know if that'll be a great great uh, decision to make. Um, Harit in a false nine would be interesting to see, though. It would be. He is the X factor for sure. Um, you never know what he's going to get in defenses. Obviously, don't know what he what he's going to do next. Um, moving on and on the uh, transfer rumors, uh, according to French media report, both Schalke and Hoffenheim are interested in uh, Samuel Grancier uh, to get the top talent away from uh, AC Troy. Uh, there would be a premise. L'Equipe reports that the Bundesliga clubs would like to sign a 20-year-old outfielder in the winter. However, an immediate loan to the end of the season would be back to Troy, conditioned for the deal. So... They want to buy. They want they let you let them buy it, but you have to loan them back to the club. So that means basically no one's going to get them this winter. Um, yeah. So the kid, um, 
I don't I don't know much too much about this kid. He could be another diamond in the rough. Um, they had success with Amin Harit coming out of the French League, Lyon. Uh, so maybe that's what they found again with this guy here. Um, but if you're not going to get him until the summer, I mean, I, I mean, I guess go for him because if he's if he's a is a diamond in the rough like we've been talking about, but. He won't do the club any good in the January window for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple names that we've been talking about that I'm not too familiar with, but honestly, I think at this point, I I, I trust Heidel and what he's doing. Um, you know, some of the early signings he's made into his tenure here have have proved to be pretty great ones. So um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt until he demonstrates that you know he shouldn't be given that. Yeah, I mean he he's hit he's hit a home run with uh, Tedesco here and then a couple a couple signings yeah. like Bergsteller and stuff like that. Um, it's funny, I guess uh, they were at a, a local Christmas uh, party or whatever, and people were asking Tedesco about the, the January transfer window. He's like, "All I wanted for Christmas was a a new jacket. And I got a new jacket." And I guess he was uh, trying to avoid the question. And uh, <laughs> the only thing for certain is what they, what they came out of that whole uh, question and answer session uh, with Tedesco and and Heidel was that. Um, they are looking at two possible players bringing in in January. Now, is that are they young diamond in the rough type players? Are they big name players? Uh, we will. It'll be, you know, time will tell on that. Um, I don't expect a big move. I mean, if Metsudosu would come, that'd be great. Uh, but I'm not expecting any big big moves. Maybe some depth moves uh, would be uh, my guess. Well, I have, I have a question for you. So, okay, long term. Talking summer now. Do you think Max Meyer leaves? Oh, um, I think Goretzka's gone. I'm not. I'm not even sure about Goretzka. I don't yet. know about Max Meyer though. I think if he stayed in that attacking midfielder role, he would have been gone because he wouldn't begin to pitch time. But he's 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 revolutionizing yeah. this new position. Maybe he likes where he's at and he likes the team is doing well now. So maybe he sees this as an opportunity to become an, a club icon and become you know, on the verge of world-class because there's not many central midfielders. Well, there are, I guess, but they're all aging right now. So if he can make this position his own and get into this, uh, the Germany, uh, German team, um, I say stay. I mean, I could see him now staying more than I did early in the season. Um, this new position. For sure. I, I think it's, I think the champions league qualification is going to be a key. Um, Cause you know, some of these bright young talents want to be playing at the highest level. And if we don't, Get into the Champions League, it's going to almost kind of force their hand to some extent. But I, I think, I mean, so I guess we differ of opinion on Goretzka a little bit. I, I feel like just with all the buzz, he's probably out the door personally. But for me, Max Meyer is going to be the interesting one. I really don't know. And I, and I feel like Tedesco's done an incredible job with him. Um, as we said, he, he's kind of gotten the second wind in his, in his career. Young, I mean, you know, yeah. early in his career, as, you know, though it is. Um, he was definitely on the outs with Marcus Weinzel last season. And uh, that'll be interesting for me. To see, I think he's. I think he's an extremely important player for us to hold on to. He's uh, he's solidified that he's helped that defense out a lot, being that link between the midfield and, and defense and in the, and the attack. Um, and he's uh, he's definitely been a a nice rock for Naldo there in front of him. Um, like before the season starts, and even now, my 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 stance on, on Goretzka hasn't changed much. I just don't know what he's thinking. Um, part of me, uh, the romantic in me, thinking that he's gonna, yeah. he loves, a, he loves the area, and he's gonna stay with the team. But then there's also the other side where it's like, maybe he wants to go see greener pastures. Maybe he wants to go in the limelight, uh, like a Barcelona or something like that, and test test his uh, his skill there. Maybe he'll go back to Buckham or something. <clears throat> with how much he posts about him on Snapchat? <laughs> I'd rather. Have, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be a plot twist. Yeah. I'm going to fifth division team now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know with him, but with, with definitely Max Meyer, my position's changed this season, this, this season because at the start, I thought he'd be for sure out before even, yeah. before even the season started. And then now he's in this new position. I'm like, I can see him staying now. I mean, like, it's I really Tedesco do. effect, man. It's a Desco effect. There it is. Let's start that, uh, start that hashtag trend there. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think about the other positions in, uh, well, what do you think the team needs? Well, if you if you had the money, if you were making the purchases, what would you go for? I mean, honestly, I think we've I think we've kind of covered it already at this point. I think we're thin um, in sort of the wing back position. Um, I mean, on the right side, I know we have kind of Caligari back there a lot. Um, I mean, who would be playing if it wasn't? Would it be Sasha Reiter? I mean, like, yeah, come on, but like, he's old. Yeah, I mean, 
that's that's Shof, what I mean. I mean, Shelf could be there. Shelf could be that position. Yeah, potentially, yeah. I mean, I think he's he's been a little bit more advanced, you know, so far, kind of playing on the wings a little bit, um, uh, further up the pitch. But yeah, so I think those positions we need. I think we need to find a, a, a viable uh, rotation player or you know replacement for Bash, you know, Chipka or you know Calgary. Somebody playing in those positions, I think, would be important. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, a striker, up somebody else to bring on. Um, you know, DeSanto hasn't been playing great uh, basically his entire time here, and uh, one injury, and we could be in serious trouble with uh, some production up top. Yeah, no, I agree. I think def- I think we really need depth overall. Defense, you probably have another defender that could fill in should one of the one of the three three four guys get in, you know that are there. One of them gets injured, or two of them gets injured. You need someone to back up. Um, bring Hovidas back. Bring Hovidas back. You could. Would would he come back? That's the question. Now, no, probably probably not. Um, and then a midfield. I think midfield are pretty solid, minus the wingbacks. Um, I agree with you, Kalajiri and uh, uh, Ochipka need need some depth behind them because, uh, like you said, one injury will will devastate that game plan. Yeah. Um, and then the attack, you need to have someone to, to back up Bergstaller, basically. Um, unless you're going to get Konoplyanka to play uh, as a false nine or something like that, or bring Amin Herit there. Um, you're gonna have to really change your tactics completely, I think, if Burkseller goes out injury. Because I mean, if they want to, if they want to start putting in Bolo up top, that they could, they uh, could yes. do that and put you know Alessandro Schupf out wide on the right. Um, I mean, so there are ways that they could play around with this. You know, we got kind of playing. We have some attacking players that we can kind of move into different positions. Um, but it seems so far that um, Tedesco's kind of been intent on having him blow come off the wings a little bit. Um, and I, I mean, and regardless, until he starts. Uh, playing full ninety-minute matches, or you know, doing something other than sort of these late cameos, he's not really a viable option up top anyway. So, yeah, and I can see, I can see why he wants to bring him off the wings is because he hell and he wants to take advantage of his speed. But I think ultimately, uh, once he's game fit for ninety minutes, um, putting him up top with Bergstaller would be the best thing because you got a, a a guy who can hold the ball well in Bergstaller and a guy who has speed. They could feed off each other so well. It'd be, I think, it'd be a dynamic uh, duo there. Um, but this depends how fast he can get into game speed. I mean, I don't know. And then the midfield, midfield is, midfield is good. I mean, uh, the, you want him to have the, the, the choice of trying to make, do I, well, obviously Gretz is going to start, but who do you place? You know, you have right now, you know, Max Meyer, Kalajiri, Ochipka, possibly Goretzka or McKinney or Bentaleb, um, or Schoff. I mean, you have so many choices there. That's a, that's a good rotation you can have there. Um, I don't think you need any more players there. That position, I mean, just other than the wing backs, but yeah, and even on a day where uh, Tilo Kara and Nastasic are, are playing in the back, you could even throw Stambouli back into the midfield, which is where he was initially anyway. So you have kind of a versatile player there. And I, we need at, at some point we need to give Naldo some breaks. I mean, he's he's yeah. thirty five years old. He's playing fantastic. Definitely. He's one of the best players this year this year for any team, uh, especially defensively. I think he. Uh, I saw Opta Franz put a post that he had. Uh, the most successful defensive tackles this season so far, the first half of the season. So he's having a stellar campaign, but he's 35 years old. He needs to get a, some rest here and there. Very true. Um, sure, Tilo Kerr and, and Nasasic and Stambouli could do the job, but you need to have some more depth back there. I mean, who else is going to be back there? Like I said, Sasha Reeder? Or, I don't know. Yeah, just start resting now, though, then bring him in for stoppage time. <laughs> there you go. Super <laughs> sub. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before we move on to that, we have one Twitter question. It comes from Yusuf Amin. He asks, and there's no relation to Amin Herit. Um, okay. So the question is, what are your thoughts on Domenico Tedesco? Well, I mean, first of all, second in the Bundesliga at the winter break. So Mic drop, mic drop. I mean, regardless of – even if you for some reason didn't like Domenico Tedesco, which I think is pretty hard, um, the results speak for themselves at this point, and I think you'd have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But um, given what we've seen on the pitch, in addition to obviously where we're sitting, um, I, I love it. I'm, I'm very impressed. I think um, he's made us more defensively solid. Um, this is sort of like a vague thing, but I think it's really important. The, the players look like they know what they're doing out there. Compared to last year, night that's, day. That's what I mean. Like, they, they, they know what their responsibilities are. They know what they're trying to do on the offensive end, even if they're not always successful with it. You can tell there's like a current game plan in place um, and, and a system in place and a style of play that everyone's committed to and understands. Um, it's it just so much more coherent all over the pitch. Um, so, I mean, just that is great to see. The players look like they're having fun. 
Um, you know, uh, the way that you see Tedesco interact with them after the games, um, they look like they have a great relationship. Um, his huddle, his huddles there yeah, are my favorite thing. Absolutely. His, those are my favorite thing. I was, I was just literally just watching that like an hour ago with my brother after the, uh, we were rewatching the Cologne game. Um, and you know, just the smile on Naldo's face and some of these other guys is, you know, Tedesco's, you know, doing his, his pep talk after the game or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see. And, uh, you know, as we just spoke about, you know, what he did with Max Meyer, who is, um, a player that has been looking for a number of years, he's going to be a really important, um, personality on this team. Um, he resurrected his career. I mean, he really did. Max Meyer was nowhere to be found last season. Marcus Vinesiel didn't like him. Um, and even before Vinesiel, he had kind of struggled. He had kind of fallen off. And, uh, you know, uh, Tedesco was able to say, you know, hey, look, let's take a look at your skill set. I think that you could actually, you know, do this job instead of being in, you know, kind of like the number 10 hole. Um, and he's he's gotten Meyer to buy into it and commit to it and take it seriously. Um, and it's it's completely turned things around for him. And he's been he's been amazing the first half of the season. So, uh, yeah, Tedesco gets very high marks for me. Um, I was skeptical about it going into the season. I thought that Schalke was getting a little too cute, trying to replicate the success that, you know, Hoffenheim had with Nagelsmann and just yeah. kind of pull that young thing. But I was wrong about it. I mean, I think Heidel made a great hire and um, Tedesco has certainly earned my trust and respect. And, you know, hopefully we can keep it rolling in the second half of the season. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you there. Um, I, I give him a a, a great a, an A plus for this first half of the season. Um, like you begin the season, I didn't. I thought I thought they were getting too fancy with with this pick. They're trying to just, like you said, copy off of Hoffenheim. I had no idea who this guy was. Um, so I did a little research, and when I started researching this guy, I started liking this guy immediately. Just what he did with uh with the youth team coming up, um, where he studied, who he studied with. Uh, what the job he did, Eisenberg Al. Um, so when I did that article for Wolf Football Index, and I could retweet it again, um, I learned so much about Tedesco. And then when I when I when I did all this information uh, research, I was like, okay, this could work. Uh, he he's he has his teams in the past have been very structured defensively. Um, they found ways, creative ways to to score goals offensively. So um, I, I I like what I was seeing. So I was optimistic for sure, um, but. You know, you, until you see what the, until you see what the product is, you don't know really what's going to happen. Um, it started out a little rough in the beginning of the season, but it's a new coach, new regime. It's expected, uh, but the team has come along so well. And like you said, the camaraderie. Uh, you know, I was I wasn't sure that a 31 year old coming to a team with players that are older than him, yeah. how would they how would they fit, handle against that? And he's one of the guys. They 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 respect him. They know that he's the boss, but. They also joke around with him. There's obviously a bond there. You can see, like you said, with the pep talks uh, for the games, he has the players' backs. He doesn't. He knows what and what not to say in press conferences to uh, you know disrupt the, ro- the the locker room. Um, he's brought Konoplyanka back from after la- last year. Also, was another yeah. player that Vine Zero pretty much banished away. Um, so him and him and Meyer doing so well. Um, the way we got Ochipka playing so well, and Kalajiri's having a resurgence of a career or a season uh, with it, and Naldo's looking better than ever. That's probably more what Naldo's doing on the offseason. But um, his whole effect on the team, and then uh, tactically, how 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 amazing he is! I didn't, I'd never expected him to be this good def- or tactically, uh, coming up with different niche ways to to press teams, to to kind of suffocate the other other teams' offenses, and and and. You know, get attacks. He's he's made he's done wonders with the set pieces, both free kicks and corner kicks. We're obviously one of the best teams in the league at, at those. So that all comes down to coaching. Now for the second half of the season, it's where I'm curious to see how he how he approaches teams that a have to face him again and b he has to see again. So you know, the teams that he beat up on in the first half of the season, how is he going to react when they when they're gonna, they're obviously going to change how their tactics yeah. towards him? And then and then teams against like Bayern Munich. How is he going to respond after the three nothing loss in the first in the beginning of the season, and now facing them again? Yeah, definitely. You know? And a very dark, cynical part of me is almost saying, you know, man, he's almost doing too well, and you know, maybe someone's going to come snatch him up now, just like they snatch all of our young players. I mean, I'm concerned he's going to like not be here that long because um, he's going to be a hot commodity. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it really is night and day. Eleventh place last year, and I mean, even when we had teams over recent seasons that have been qualifying for Europe. Um, they're just not convincing in any sort of way. Yeah. And I think this is a much more convincing team. And Schalke, in games where 
we've had the lead in the past. You, it's like they don't believe in themselves. You can tell that they're they're waiting to like you know give it away, or choke or choke it away yeah. or something. And the body language is so different. The belief is different. And when when Schalke gets punched in the mouth under Tedesco, they respond. Um, I mean, you, yeah. You, I mean, oh, obviously, the, you know, the Dortmund game you saw it. You saw it. You know, again against Eintracht Frankfurt. This is a team that, that doesn't quit. Doesn't know when they're beaten. Um, and I think a lot of that has to, you know, come down to, you know, the culture and the locker room and, um, you know, the confidence that Tedesco is, you know, given the players. So, um, yeah, great stuff. And I, I think we're both on the same page here. It's uh, it's been a very impressive <laughs> start to his uh, Schalke career. Well, I think on that, it's a good note to let's wrap this up. Um before we before we close uh, this holiday season, on behalf of Schalke News team, uh, which is George and Reese, there, hi guys, um, us here at the Schalke Podcast and everyone at the club, we want to wish Schalke fans everywhere a very merry Christmas and peace be in your heart and home this Christmas season and the new year. Um, with that, keep tuning in each week as we will bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke, Fox Soccer, Opta Franz, and the Bundesliga for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss in the future, send us a tweet at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. Stay tuned to the next week's episode where we will recap the Hinrunde, give our midseason awards, give our New Year's resolutions, and predictions for Schalke. You'll not, you will not want to miss that podcast. Jack, where can our followers find you on Twitter? J.M. Mangan, M-A-N-G-A-N, on Twitter. And... Uh, any big plans coming up this uh, next week or so until the next pod? Not really. Just, you know, trying to enjoy the holiday season. Like I said, I got, got some of my family in town. I'm going to spend some time with them. Some of my friends are in town from out of state as well. So, um, you know, just enjoying the company and gearing up for uh, gearing up for great, great 2018. Yeah, there's no uh, Bundesliga. So uh, it's a good time to just, you know, catch back up with friends and whatnot and, and take a little rest from that all and, and gear up for yeah. the second half of the season. Uh, well... Once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen, and you can find me on Twitter as well at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Before we end, we have a special message for you from Weston McKinney. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as I, with your family as I will with mine. Uh, I'll enjoy some cooking, some, uh, some chilling around the house, maybe a vacation, I don't know, but hopefully you guys enjoy the time. With that, Chaco fans, until the next pod comes, stay ready. And we'll be with you soon. Shoes.